Welcome to Orphanini. This is Saratova Best. Um, in this week's Sikha, and especially the next week's Sikha, we're going to learn about Tomesh Rabbeinu's speech was in Gullus. He, he couldn't speak because his speech was coming from a higher place. Um, and then the Fritig Rebbe brings out, next week's Sikha in Parshish Bo, the Rebbe brings out that the Fritig Rebbe's speech went into Gullus. And then it was a prophecy that the Rebbe's own speech would go into Gaulus several, several weeks later. This was all spoken on Gimel Shvat. So um, Gimel Shvat is this Shabbos. So I had this chus, Hashem, that my speech went into Gaulus this week, just in time to uh, feel connected to the Parsha. So whatever, <coughs> whatever you can hear, you can hear. And... Um, Except that the truth is that even though Meshur Bain's speech was in Gullus, as long as when he was talking about mundane things, he, he couldn't speak. When he was in a position of doing his shlichus, he suddenly had speech. And uh, so let's see if that happens to me. <laughs> you can't even say lahavdil. And I actually will tell you one other thing. I remember, um, you know, in his last couple of years, he wasn't really feeling very well for several years. And um, he would stand up to speak. He would stand up in 770 and come to different gatherings and he would speak. And when he started to speak, you just felt like, oh, my goodness, how? why would they do that to this very special rabbi? to make him speak, he, he seemed so weak. His voice was very, very weak. And and he looked weak, and, and I would watch that as he would get into the speaking, his voice would become very strong, and he would completely be completely transformed. As he, you know, after about three, four minutes of speaking, five minutes of speaking, he would start to step into this very strong space where his voice was very powerful and his speaking was very strong. And um, it was always the same pattern. He would start off weak and then stepping into a shlichus, he would become a powerhouse. <clears throat> so his, what we saw in him paralleled, I think, what was by Meishurvain's that Meishur Benu, you know, he, he couldn't he couldn't communicate with the world. That was a weakness. But when he stood in his shluchas, in his full power, because he was in his shluchas, his speech worked, and he and he he was experienced as very powerful. Anyway, so this is my voice. Maybe it'll get stronger as we go in the sicha Meishur Benu though. So. I don't know if the principle will apply. So at the beginning of the parsha, the Eril Avano Yitzchak El Yaakov Bekel Shakai, Ushmiya Bailona Gatilahem. This is the puzzle. The question is like this. The question is the following. When Hashem is going to appear to us, with what name? We know from Basi Lagani that Hashem says, you know how you call a person by their job. Yeah. A teacher might be called Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Steinberg when she's in class or Moore Steinberg, but she's not called that 
when she's out or she's playing mahjong with her friends and and she's not called that when she's with her family and depending on what she's doing she will be called by a different name so Hashem says, I am called, I have many different names as Hashem, and I am called, I use the name that fits the job that I'm doing. <laughs> so I appeared to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov with the name Kel Shakai, not with the name Yitzchak. That means whatever Hashem was doing when he was appearing to the Abbas, and we know the others, one of the things that Hashem was doing with the others, one of the many, is that he was infusing them with the ability to have mysterious nefesh and to be the ones that be, begin the journey for us and create and step into kaychas so that they would then be quick to us. Kaychas of mysterious nefesh, self-sacrifice. For that, somehow, for whatever reasons, Hashem needed to appear as Kel Shaka. To them. Not Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke is Hashem as He is going to break the laws of nature. And the interesting thing is, the phrase here is, the Lachin, I didn't appear to them as Yudke Vavke. I guess Hashem didn't want to appear as some as breaking nature for Adam Yitzchak and Yaakov, although the miracles were amazing. But with all of this in mind, now say to the Jewish people, after Matan Tyrus, I am Havai, Yitzchak Okay? So there are a whole lot of questions here, and I'm just going to start off with something more current for a moment. <coughs> And the more current thing is that um, a few days ago, I think I've mentioned, I heard some kind of um, a clip, a radio, you know, one of the alternative news stations, and it was January 10th. And the man said, welcome to the 10 days of darkness. Because, and I've mentioned this before, officially January 10th to 20th are going to, are considered the 10 days of darkness. All kinds of interesting stuff is happening and will continue to happen until January 20th. And then, who knows? It's going to be quite a fireworks show. Quite, quite an interesting show. So, Ponder the following question. We understand that there's a move now, there's an enormous move on Hashem's um, part to expose corruption in the world that's been around for decades. And people are playing clips of um, President Kennedy and his speeches, and they're very um, pertinent right now. And we understand that he his life was taken because he was trying to clean up corruption that was not good for America or the world. And not everybody who 
saw him clean up the corruption was happy about it, especially the people who were corrupt, obviously. So they decided that the world would be better without him, let's say. So besides we know that there was a story about the father of Kennedy and certain things who's intensely, intensely, intensely anti-Semitic and did some very, very, um, very, very uh, horrible things to Gidney on the boat when they were coming over from Europe to America. Um, his anti-Semitism, the father of the Kennedys, was very uh, overt. And some Gidney said certain things to him, and um, it didn't bode well for his lineage. Let's just say it that way. Look, you know, don't start up with my anointed one, says Hashem. The day of reckoning will come. So a lot's going on there, but here's the question. If in these days, during these days of the ten makas, there is a, a, a certain behind the scenes, um, Hashem is cleaning up a lot of, some of the corruption that has been there for many, as I say, many decades. What name will Hashem use to do that? Because it's all concealed by the name Elohim. You know, when you're going to do a, an ugly job that you're not supposed to be doing, you're going to do it through, not miraculous means, but it's going to be done through, you know, it's going to be concealed by very natural things. We would say the name Elohim, maybe. Hashem is allowing the world to go the way it goes. And for Hashem to suddenly say, time to swoop down on the evil and clean it up in a very short amount of time, we would think, this is just my thought, that for that Hashem will need to step into the role of Yudke Vavke. So it's interesting that, you know, because we're talking about decades of evil, decades of corruption and cleaning it up in such a short time and making and Hashem making a decision now zoom uh, things are going to hit the fan very quickly so <clears throat> so it's interesting that this week's Parsha when these official politically called 10 days of darkness begin that this is the Parsha in which Hashem says I appeared to the Abbas as She'll tell Shakai, but to you I will appear, and now I will appear as Yudkevovke. Because how how is Hashem going to empower members, you know, people in the world, including Ace of himself, maybe the head of Ace of himself, the representative of Ace of, to clean up this mess? Clearly, the power of Hashem as Yudke Vavke will need to step into and, and, and do it. Hashem is making the decision from that place. So it's very interesting that it all lines up. So the question that's asked here is <clears throat> about this. Why, why does the Pasuk say, I didn't appear to them except as Kel Shakai? And therefore, what's this therefore? Because I only came to your Abbas, 
Let's kill Shake. That's why to you I'm going to come as Yud Kevavke. Huh? If they couldn't merit Yud Kevavke, well, what about us chickens? It doesn't make sense at all. So what does that mean, therefore? That's one. And the other question is, the Parsha is speaking about the Mila that Hashem appears to us since Matan Tyra's Yud Kevavke. But not to them. Not to the others. Va'eva means revelation to the others. In other words, the name of the Parsha is talking about, what is this Parsha about? How Hashem appears to the others. Va'eva, to the others. So, um, so the whole thing is about Hashem coming to Yudke Bavke, and he didn't appear that way to the others, so the name doesn't seem to fit the Parsha. Okay. So you could say, um, obviously there's something to the Avais that we don't have. They are the forefathers. And of course we know one of the things is, Hashem is saying, they never questioned me. You, you know, Maishra they knew. You're questioning, ah, the people are going to question who did this and how, how am I going to tell? They never questioned. How much of me did they see? They didn't even question. You guys, oh boy, you're real Americans, so to speak. <clears throat> but really, the era of the Abbas causes that we, the children, should be able to see Hashem in a much higher way. So, we know this concept. We're the little midgets standing on the shoulders of giants. So, it, seems, it comes out in Hasidus that, and where is it in Hasidus? In Torah Or. But the revelation of Yudke Vavke, that's Hashem's Shema Etim. It's one and only name. It's a, it's a level of Hashem way above the world. When did he reveal it the most fully to everyone? Matantair? So they, they have us were before Matantair. They didn't get it. But since we were Zaychut to Matantair, we saw Hashem as Yudke Vavke. So, even though the Avas were before Matan Tyra, and Avram Avinu did the whole Tyra even without being commanded, and of course we know that he began the preparation for Matan Tyra, Mitzvah Mila, Lech Lecha, etc. The Chips of Matan Tyra was everything, all of this intense godliness came down into the world. And even though it did already at Brismila of Avram Avinu, but in that case, Kedusha came to Avram Avinu, into the world. But it was only one person, one place, one time. It wasn't everybody, and it wasn't the whole world, and it wasn't all situations. And the Brismila of Avram Avinu had to do with the Shivach of Yitzchak and Rivka, our parents, that through that shivach, we are here. And the whole of of Taramitzah is from that shivach, the Yehud of Mamban. For that, Avram Avinu needed a brismila. And it was done through Eliezer. Which shows, and Eliezer was from a cursed nation. What's a shivach? From a cursed nation? Because it shows on the transformation of darkness to light. Bitterness to sweet. 
That's what's needed. Now watch this. Because of the days we're in now, the transformation of dark to light. To have light come out of darkness, I guess first there's some darkness, unfortunately. What we want to do is, as we're seeing and reading about the darkness, which is pretty scary uh, or unsettling, we want to see, we want to be able to experience it's really light. We're not going to rejoice over people suffering, God forbid, but we don't want to be fooled by darkness and think that it means the end, God forbid. It means the beginning. So the thing about the Ariel Avram, the Kelshakai, when Hashem did appear to Avram Avinu, it was just him. It began, that mitzvah began Matantara. It was the beginning of the revelation of Shema Fire. But, and what did it do? This Prasmila brought godliness down into the world because Shema Vaya is bleak rule, has no limits. And because of this power of the revelation of bleak rule, it was able to come down here. But it was only, as we say, in him, at that moment, the world kind of stayed the same. You didn't see the power of the revelation of Bligvul in the whole world. Not yet. So let's talk about this for a second. With Avram Avinu, what Hashem is what the Torah is referring to here, is the beginning of something that all you see is the first dot. The thing, the whole thing opening up has been throughout history, the revelation of Yudke Vavke in the world, through Martin Tyra, and then as we go further in history, and the real, real opening up of this dot of the bris mila of Avram Avinu, when Hashem appeared to him, when is it opening up? Right here, right now. Af Shim Pei Aleph, the ten days of darkness, the ten matas. Pasha Da'ira. Now is when it's just opening up like a fan, like a peacock, just woof, opening up in real time. You're seeing it happening in the world. So the so Kedusha coming down from Mitzvah Mila, the Kaich of Bleak Wolf, as we said, it's the beginning of what happened in Matanpaira. So that's why it says Shmiya Vailonidati. Because it's not that Hashem didn't appear. We didn't see. Back then, you couldn't see in the whole world something unbelievable. You saw a world, a very corrupt world. In those days, it was corrupt as well. <clears throat> they, in split, in, in light, at lightning speed, what's going on is the corruption being cleaned up and opened up, exposed and being cleaned up at lightning speed. Revelation of what's going on. Uh, you know, you turn on your phone in the morning, you see boom, 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 another clip and another another video and another article about all kinds of stuff being opened up and revealed. Right. Through your Vavke. Now, the thing about your Vavke is, how can you be in a place of so much evil? And at the same time, experience its light, 
experience a gu'ua that's coming through this evil? Yes. Okay. That only comes through Yitzkei So here we go. So, um, so now we understand the revelation of Shem Havaya to us as Matan The Chiddush is connected with what we do in this world. And the Chiddush of the revelation of Havaya at Matan is what? What is the big event that happened at Matan The essence of a Jew, that's the level of the, the Avais, the essence of a Jew should come down into Revelation. You finally get to see from Matan on what a Jew really is. A wiener in a blanket, excuse me. Godliness in a physical form with a mission to spread light. That's what comes out that wasn't revealed before. So that, why do we have to do it? So that we should make the world a place of open holiness. That's what's happening right now. So this is the time when we don't want to lose faith and get discouraged now. On the contrary, So the next piece for about a minute is a little bit cryptic, but significant, because the Chiddush of Matan is not just that it comes down here, but what comes down here? Matan achieved what? There was no God in the world? Of course there was, but not so much in the world. So what's the big thing of Matan Hashem is revealed in the world, and which part of Hashem is revealed? The essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem, the Abbas, they, they experience the essence of Hashem. And therefore, we have that ability to bring the essence of Hashem from them. They gave it to us. Where do we, how can we access the essence of Hashem? Of course, our Abbas gave it to us. And where can we bring it down to? Down in this world. How do we know in this world? To tell you the truth, that's where we spend most of our time. We're very much we're not sitting in the tent. That's that, unfortunate. Many of us are experiencing the sadness of that. We're not spending so much time sitting in the tents of Torah these days. We're in the world on the, or we're soon to be off what that. <clears throat> but we're in the world following the news, the street, the junk, the hood, the hood. But why would Hashem put us in the hood? Because He wants us to take the gift that we got from our forefathers and insert it into the hood street. It's called Gidre Island. There's going to be a wedding between us and Hashem. And that means for that Hashem will be fully down here in the hood. Wedding's going to be down here in the hood. And so we had a wedding once in Dumbo. You know, Dumbo is like, you know, it's some hipster neighborhood, but it's like, it's a, it's a, it's industrial, it's icky, some old Shimata warehouse made into a hall. You know, the hood. The hood. 
a place that they probably bought this warehouse for, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars. No, down here, and what used to be a nothing. And Hashem wants to be there and have the wedding with us there. And who comes to any wedding? Three generations of um, ancestors come to the wedding, those who have already left the world. Well, who's going to come to our wedding with Hashem? Three generations. Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. Right? So the question is, if, I, if the Pesach says, I didn't reveal, they were not able to experience Shni Havaya. What does that have to do with us today? What, what is all of this today? <clears throat> and one answer is, in the future, every level will move up. You know, like, once upon a time, you know, you see what they say in the hospitals, the ones who used to, okay, I don't want to say maybe somebody in the medical profession, the ones who used to do the clerical work all of a sudden became the orderlies, and then the orderlies became the nurses, and the nurses became, everything just, so this will be in, in, in good. The level of Yud Kevavke, Vahaya Havaya, Haya Havaya Lilelakim, this very miraculous level of Havaya, wow, Hashem's breaking the rules of nature, he's doing unbelievable things, it's going to become basic nature. Hi, so what miracle happened last night while I was sleeping? Oh, wow, really? Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, this one and this one. Oh, the whole communist regime collapsed. China, oh, China gave in. They, Iran decided to destroy all their nuclear weapons. Yeah, they decided to become our friends. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, that's good. I had a good sleep. We're not going to even blink when the Iron Curtain fell. 30 years ago, Tafshin Yun Aleph, when the Rebbe said, we will see miracles, this is on the heels of that. Miracles, like, greater than coming out of Mitzrayim. Oh, that's so interesting. Nice, nice, nice. The Iron Curtain fell after 70 years. Sweet. While you're sleeping. Oh, there was a coup. Yeah, the communist regime gave up. Bloodless coup. Yeah, quietly. Nice. Uh-huh. Oh, Saddam Hussein had nucle- had had chemical warfare and was as evil as they come and absolutely planned to use it. He didn't have any other agenda. And somehow he just never got around to using it. Oh, la-di-da. That's called Havaya becomes Elohim. It becomes so embedded in nature, you don't even realize the magnitude of the miracle that happened. Broke all the rules of nature. And like, Oh, yeah, of course, look, what do you expect, you know? With media the way it is, and with, with this is the way, and with technology the way it is, makes it. That's called Havaya becomes Elohim. That's what's going to happen in the future. So, Shmi Havaya Lunadatilehem, relative to the level of Havaya of the future, the level of Havaya of, of the future will be, this is what's going to happen. Everything's going to just move up a frequency. Move up a level. Upgrade. Or down, upgrade and downgrade. Miracles will become basic. And then higher levels of miracles will become the next, the next new normal. The new normal will keep upgrading. And of course what we want to do is make sure that our new normal 
keeps upgrading. Who we thought we were and what we could be was, you know, my Elohim is, you know, I can do a little this and a little that. But if it upgrades, a whole other thing. That's what I thought I was capable of? Wow. I really had my standards set quite low, didn't I? What was I thinking? And it keeps moving up. So, and that's because when you bring all of this, when you bring Hashem down, 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 which part of him are you bringing down in? Into the hood? Into the street? His very essence. And as long as, listen to this, this is huge, as long as we didn't bring Hashem down into the lowest, then you know you didn't touch his essence. You bring down higher, you know, levels of Hashem. The, the Hedrach Bal of the Etham, the, um, holding back of the essence of Hashem is not just how much he can come down, but how much he's seen. When the essence of Hashem is not fully down here, one thing is it's not fully down here yet. And two is, even if it is, we don't see it, this is still called Gullus. Gullus is either Hashem just doesn't want to come here yet. Hi, Hashem, would you like to come down to the street? He said, no, not really. Well, then you know you're in Gullus. Hi, Hashem, would you like to come down here? He says, I am here. He said, well, I can't see you. He said, well, then you know you're in Gullus. Those are the two signs. Either he refuses, or he's on board and he's down here, and you can't see him. Either one is a definition of Gullus. In the future, the Niglach for the Hashem's glory will be revealed with all, to all physical flesh. So, and of course, how much Hashem comes down and how fast depends on us. It doesn't depend on the president or the, or, or the media or the the good guys or the bad guys or the Republicans or the Democrats. It depends on us and our Avaida. And someone wrote today, he said, the Avaida today seems to be Simcha. Sing and dance and you will affect what happens in America and in the world. Wow, pretty good. You know, we could have been given a lot tougher job. How am I going to affect America? I should sing and dance? Okay. So all of this, though, when, when we look at the three parshas, we look at Shmeis, and we look at Va'era, and Parshas Bai, we're looking at, they represent, they denote three periods in history. Shmeis, before Matan Taira. Va'era, Matan Taira. And Parshas Bo, Bo, the future. Because in Shmeis, we were in the Kura Barzo, you know, in the slavery, in, in, in the difficulty. Before Matan the era, Hashem says, Yadatim Kiani Avaya. Hashem says, I am appearing to you. Boom, Matan The revelation of Matan Taira. Parshat Bo, 
Boel Paro, the revelation of the future of the highest light in the most unbelievably powerful way without even any order to it. Just wild, powerful lights of Hashem being revealed in the world. Guess what we're experiencing? I think in these official 10 days of darkness, I would say we're saying from from the Rambam's York site, I'm going to say loosely, until and then, uh, sorry, until Yud Shvat, and then until Shvat, which is more the feminine aspect of redemption, not just redemption for the world, but the redemption for the world as it comes through the, fem- the women and the feminine aspect. All of these days, these several weeks, we're experiencing all three parshas. Shemais, we are be we are enslaved. We're going into slavery in a way that we have never experienced in our lifetime. I didn't grow up in Russia with the KGB. Those people are at least used to this, although they're not too happy. The people who Lalena were in the Holocaust, they saw this happening. They went through it in 1939. We North Americans, we're not used to this. We're not used to the... In the past week, the world has changed so much in terms of censorship, plus, plus. Shutdowns, lockdowns, censorship, loss of basic freedoms. Pretty unusual. So that's Shmeis. And we're in Parsha Shmeis, in a way. We're also in, in these weeks, in Parsha Se'era. Hashem appearing to us. Yudke Vavke, yeah. We feel it. We feel that Hashem is here with us in this insanity. At the same time, we feel totally enslaved. And the third part is happening at the same time, by Paro. The revelation of the wildest lights that are so huge and wild that our eyes can't even experience them. Uh-huh. You don't know what's flying now. Between now and Yud Shvat, and now and Chafei Shvat, all these three parshas are happening at the same time. And the and um, <clears throat> and these three periods, these three parshas, are also connected to Yud Shvat, the Yom Hilula of the Rebbeiah, the Friedrich Rebbe. Really, the Rebbe that ends the six generations that really are the summation of all of Kalas. So this day, that whole package of 4,000 years of Kalas, almost 4,000 years of Kalas, ended on Yod Shvat Tuk Shin Yod. That's the Yom Hulul of the Rebbe Yad. So, but his life and his Everything about the Rebbe Ayat is also divided into three. Those three periods, like Shmites, the Era, and Brait, and Parsons Bright. The first period is 40 years, 1880 to 1920, when the, the Frederick Rebbe was his father's Messiah. And that began Tamchitminim, but especially through Tamchitminim. That's like the Avais. They build the structure. 
The flesh smite. Build the structure. The second period, 30 years in this world as Rebbe, 1920 to 1950. That was the Chiddush of so much spreading of Tyre in the whole world. Matan Tyre, like Parsha Sa'ilia. Shem begins to appear. It becomes visible to everybody in the world. And the third period in the lifetime, so to speak, of the Sri Degrepa, is after it's happened, which then comes to us through the seventh generation of the Rebbe. And that is like the future. Parshat Bo. The revelation of the most unbelievable life. And we see in these weeks, it's times a million. And so... Uh, And also, in the lifetime, in those 30 years of the Sri Rebbe himself, you have, again, those three parshas. First 10 years in Mitzrayim, Shmeis, in Russia, Communist Russia, the 1920s, second, the 1930s, teaching Torah in Poland, and the 1940s, down here in this half of the globe, where everything starts to spread in a Mashiachic way. Tyra starts to spread in a Mashiachic way. So, um, so to end off, what we see happening, this Sikha is, is in, in actual day-to-day life describing what's happening in this week and what it's opening up to. And when all of this stuff is happening, a lot of it is way bigger than we can experience with our eyes. The more we make vessels for this light, the less we have to perceive it as darkness. After all, if there is stuff that needs to be cleaned up in the world, well, that's good that it's being cleaned up. We're frightened because we think, well, will it affect, what, what will it look like when it's being cleaned up? So would we rather that it go back into the cracks and crevices and and infect everybody's lives like it did for decades? Really? As President Kennedy spoke about in his speeches, he was very open about it. This cannot be the way that America and the world operates. It has to be cleaned up. Okay? And up until nineteen sixty two. And interestingly, after that, there's a whole counterculture that exploded in the world. Everything changed, and a lot has happened since 1962. That's for sure. So, and 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 so, what what was that Alpitaira? What was that time Alpitaira? Ten years after the beginning of the the Darashvi. So. Again, what is, what is that? Time for ushering in the Geula, and everything starts to move really quickly. <clears throat> so says the Rebbe, we should get together in Febrenians for, from Rosh Chodesh, from Shabbos Mavarchim Chodesh Shvat, all of this week. <clears throat> and especially, we should get together, this is the day Rosh Chodesh Shvat, if I got it right, that was the day 30 years ago that the Gulf War began, which started to turn everything around. 
And that was the day that Meisher Rabbeinu began to explain Be'er HaSatayra. He started to explain the Torah in 70 languages. From the minute he did that, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, he made a declaration. This Torah is not just for Jewish people. It's for the whole world. Shivim Lashem, 70 languages for 70 nations. And this is 70 years. This year's Shvat. We've completed 70 years of the of the Darashi, of the seventh generation. And therefore, what we want to do is spend these days between now and Yud Shvat, for bringing and for bringing, together with each other, because unbelievable things are going to happen. For the for this 70th, this historic 70th moment, the completion of 70 years in the seventh generation, we're going to see miracles upon miracles upon miracles happening about what the seventh generation was created to do, to bring Hashem down into the world, to reveal the truth in the world, and to move everything else, all the consume, all the lies and all the corruption, up and out and gone forever. This Rosh Chodesh we should step into the Gula Mitzvah Shlema, the Beis Amigdash right now.